G'day and welcome to the Head Shepherd Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Ferguson, CEO here at Next Agri. I've worked in livestock research, farming and breeding for over 25 years. I've been very fortunate to see a lot of amazing places and meet a lot of wonderful people throughout that career. I'm reminded every day of just how awesome the livestock industry really is. It really is a great pleasure to bring you the stories and wisdom of the people in the industry via the Head Shepherd Podcast. This podcast is supported by our good friends at Allflex and MSD Animal Health, who are guided by the one mission of the science of healthy and productive animals. With these two companies now combined, they have one of the widest product portfolios in Australasia with a comprehensive lineup from the Cooper's range of animal health products through to the ID and monitoring solutions that, that Allflex are famous for. The products are all backed up by their exceptional service, and we're thrilled to continue to have their support in bringing you this podcast each week. Well, we've made it to season seven. Amazing to have come this far. If I could ask a couple of small favours before we get underway this week, if you could rate this podcast in the app that you're listening to it in, that would be fantastic. Also, if you know someone that you think would enjoy what we do here, please share the show links with them. Finally, if you are listening to this podcast, you're probably a big fan of Livestock Farm. We're setting up the Next Gen Agri Hub to be the home of livestock farming conversations. Check it out at thehub.nextgenagri.com. Okay, it's time for this week's guest. Welcome back to Head Shepherd. This week we uh, we thought we'd get our producer on, Sophie. Sophie Barnes has uh, has been producing Head Shepherd for I don't know. We'll ask her in a minute uh, how long that's been, but um, for a considerable part of the podcast has been rolling. Sophie's been on the other other side and and making making us all sound sensible, which is no no mean feat. Uh, welcome, Sophie. Welcome along. Hi. Hi. Awesome to have you on that side of the microphone and uh, and yeah, have a chat about I guess your passion for sheep. Um, Twitter handle Sheepish Sophie because you're a crazy sheep lover. Yeah, yeah, um, turned obsessed. Any of the above, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Uh, I thought we, as we normally do, start with a bit of your background. I guess how you ended up now in now in New Zealand, but I guess started with a passion for sheep right from a young age. Yeah, so I didn't grow up um, in farming. I was just a city dweller, didn't know much, never visited a farm. And then when I was 17, I did a sort of veterinary nursing course, and I realised very quickly I didn't like small animals. Um, And we had to do a work experience module, and instead of doing it at the vet, so I decided to do it at a farm, and basically just fell in love with it. Um, I We went there, it was lambing time, obviously in the UK they lamb indoors, and I just remember lambing this first sheep and just going, this is it, this is me for the rest of my life. And I just found, I found farming really interesting. There was this career that I didn't know about and then all of a sudden you had to be an agronomist, a vet, um, a nutritionist, a builder and all of this. And I just thought, shit, this could keep me entertained for a long time. Uh, and we're like 15 years later, so <laughs> yeah, it's done the job. Um, so yeah, I just, from then on in, everything was about sheep. I remember my course leader um, complaining that I'd done an exotics module on sheep because it wasn't an exotic species, but I, I pleaded my case and, and I got there. But yeah, I just I just found it really interesting and I felt, felt very grateful for being introduced to an industry I knew nothing about that really just sort of sparked an interest in me. Um, so yes, yeah, so I completed that course um, and then... I bought my first few sheep when I was 18. I think I had 11, and they were rare breed, which is a vast difference from what um, what I breed and talk about now. 
But I think that got me into the genetics because we were breeding to maintain something in a certain specific way. And then um, I discovered EBVs and I was just like, holy crap. Like it, it just got so much more exciting because there was science behind it rather than just looking at an animal and hoping it turned out the way you wanted it to. All of a sudden I could look at these animals and, and sort of shop for some genetics. And that really, um, I suppose, skyrocketed me towards farmers that were using the genetics. And so I was a, co- a contract shepherd and I traveled around and literally every farmer I went and worked for, they told me to go to New Zealand. Um, by this time I had about 300 sheep and I was about, I was ready to settle down. I wanted to improve some pasture. I wanted to really just do some good stuff. And um, I was going to apply for a council tenancy, um, but they were 15 years. And I just had this sort of realization of, oh, I'm going to be in this one spot for 15 years now. And I had this sort of New Zealand in the back of my head. And uh, yeah, so just one day I decided to sell everything and head over because it was the only time I was going to manage to do it. And here I am seven years later. So, yeah, I didn't end up going back home, but, um, yeah. And like, I always say I'm eternally grateful for sheep farming because it pushed me to where I am now and the opportunities are just, yeah, amazing. And didn't like, I, I think it's funny. I didn't, if I think back sort of 15 years and if I told 15 year old me, oh, you're in New Zealand working on a sheep farm, she'd have absolutely just cracked up laughing. So yeah, but it's a funny turn of events, but it's good. Cool. So then, yeah, once you were in New Zealand, you worked on, I think, dairy sheep places or not? Was that yeah, so I, my first them? job was actually, ironically, lambing sheep inside for um, Matt and Lily Wyeth. Um, they did their triplets inside for part of a beef and lamb New Zealand trial. So I went there and worked there for about three months, headed to another station um, for summer and, and ended up just spraying gorse for days on end. So I decided... Um, I'd had enough of that and I'd always intended on going down to Mount Linton just for the scale of it. So I headed down to Mount Linton, uh, worked there for a month or two, broke my foot, uh, and then headed to the Pattersons at Waikaka Genetics, worked there for a good long time, um, and then got a phone call from the sheep dairy in Taupo, Spring Sheep, asking me if um, I would be their lamb rearer um, management. So Worked there for two and a half years, um, raising 3,000 to 5,000 orphan lambs a year. Um, And then moved out here, um, where we are now, to my partner's family farm about three years ago. Cool. So where did you come across Dorian and all that? (laughs) Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, I was living in Taupo at the time and... um, I'd been on the cover of a magazine uh, when I first arrived here in New Zealand and inspired me on that. Um, that was, yeah, five years prior to now. And, uh, yeah, he finally got his chance. And, yeah, here we are sort of four years later. Yeah. Excellent. Sounds like the same way you got a job with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Ask and, and you hopefully will listen. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. The uh, Obviously, you're – Every week you're listening to to various versions of me talking to somebody. I guess what is what about that is yeah, why do you do it, I suppose, or what excites you about that? When you when you listen to a podcast three or four times, the knowledge really sinks in. <laughs> so it's been an incredible learning experience. It doesn't it really doesn't feel like work and I feel very lucky to have it as a job. 
Um, every week I get to listen to an expert, speak to an expert, and um, and I edit it up, which I find really easy and um, satisfying. It's just a really methodical process. So, yeah, so I really, I just, it's like sitting in a seminar, but getting paid to do it. <laughs> so, yeah, I really like it. And also just searching out for new guests and thinking what our listeners would want and speaking to them, getting feedback. Just... And, and getting the feedback from people, it's really nice to hear people go, oh, that was a really good podcast, or oh, I learned something from that. You know, that's such a nice feeling, I guess. So there'll be a few people out there who are into lambing season in Australia, or well into it here, and uh, which is where I am today, and, and obviously New Zealand about to kick into it. What's the, what are your hot tips for rearing lambs? There's so much. I've got a half-written book about it that I should finish. Um I my one hot tip is don't feed a pet lamb water until it's four days old you don't see a newborn lamb drinking water from a trough and if a lamb learns to drink water he won't drink enough milk so that's a top tip that lots of people don't even realize um yeah it's hard to hard to sum up lamb rearing when you sort of do that many it's you you sort of come across a few tips and tricks um I mean iodining navels that's that's the first thing you should do before you even put them in a trailer or even put them anywhere. Um, but yeah, no water and yeah, this is a hard one to answer that one because <laughs> there's a lot. But yeah, those two things, make sure you're hiding near one and don't bother giving it water until you know it's feeding from a bottle. Yeah, cool. So we're um, farming in on a farm there in King Country and bottles are used, so that's a... That's your now your breed of choice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, actually, I do you want, I never really thought of um, pole daughter as something you could farm on a bigger scale, um, but these girls are pretty good. They handle the hills. Uh, we would like our scanning percentage to be a bit higher, but then we are a terminal. Um, but yeah, I really I've just grown a liking to seeing big solid sheep really that walking around. Um, so we're so my partner Dorian, he's stock manager here. Um, so we have a bit of freedom to do some things. Um, so we're dag scoring. Um, we this round of lambs will have fecal egg counts in summer done on them. And um, what else are we scoring? Oh, we do foot scoring. We're really trying to improve the structure, especially the back pastons. They tend to fall down a lot with the big heavy rear ends on the rams. And um, so we're trying to improve that and being really um, yeah specific on structural traits. Um, and stuff like that but yeah one day soon we hope that we'll have um some ownership of them and yeah might even try some white suffolks or something like that cool the um i guess one of the challenges is always sourcing sourcing genetics is facial eczema obviously it'd be hard to find stuff with facial eczema tolerant eczema tolerant or yeah yeah so um father-in-law's bought rams from the same place for the last sort of 10 years and they're very facial eczema tolerant we have ventured into the south island and a few other places and we have noticed it coming up in our tooth that we've got a bit more facial eczema so it is a fine balance of getting the genetics that will boost the flock in any other way and still keeping that facial eczema uh, resistance because we don't bolus we don't give anything so we have got a level of tolerance in the flock. Um, but yeah, every time we add genetics from Australia or here, there and everywhere, we're straight back to sort of zero again. Yes. Yeah. Significant challenge. I guess we're, we're hearing the reports that it's going to keep marching south. So yeah. uh, no one's sort of, no one's going to be immune to facial eczema, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. It's not a thing in the UK. So when I came over here, I was just, yeah, 
quite shocked by it that they have to deal with that as well. Mm, yeah, relatively famous, well, famously, but I said <laughs> one podcast, I said, yeah, we're lucky we didn't have it in Australia, but then I got some feedback that we did. Yeah. There's places in Australia where it is. So, um, yeah, so, and I think certainly there's been reports in the South Island now. So, yeah. um, How would the Marinos yeah. go with Aishalaxma? Uh, the well, I was going to say anecdotal. There has been we did a little bit of testing, and they aren't horrible. Um, they're not. We've only done testing at I think point two or whatever, so not very high level. Um, but the I think the work that was done there was sort of one paper, and I think it suggested that their grazing habit meant that oh. they sort of because it's in the crown crown of the plant, like the the um. Yeah, it's more in the crown of the plant. So if you don't chew down into that, then you're kind of a little bit protected. Yeah. So, well, not protected. You just don't get as much, much of the um, spores, obviously, but the um, much of the fungus. But the um, yeah. So I think potentially they're okay. Uh, and I think well, one of your not too far away clients of ours, Anna and Anna and Munter, uh, have had a few finals around, and they yeah, mm. seem to be going okay. Not yeah, I don't think they're amazing, but they're not not horrendous, which is which is good. Um I guess it's be the same as everything. There'll be randomly there'll be some variation that we've um captured that or that that's in there that we can we could find if yeah, uh, if yeah. and when we need to. Hopefully the high country where the merinos hide will be the last to get it, but I guess there's a lot of our final composites that are pushing into traditional Romney areas now that'll be much more well, will have to be more predominant. Yeah, and the likes of pivots and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I guess that has, yeah. has a likely impact. I need yeah. to polish up my knowledge on facial eczema. Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to do some um, blood, liver blood testing this year too, just to see where we where we're at because we have no clue. We just know we don't bolus, so they've got to be have something in there. Um, so yeah. yes, yeah, so that's another test that we'd like to do. We are also hoping to uh, DNA this year at Lamming, so that'll be really really exciting so we've been sort of harvesting data for the last four years i've just got a computer full of weights and dag scores foot scores structural scores um and then yeah this hopefully at docking we'll be taking tissue samples and and connecting all the dots and seeing who our hyperlies are which will be really exciting yeah cool i think there's a huge opportunity in the terminal game in new zealand particularly i think australia uh, very much there's a big Focus on performance, um, low birth weight, high growth, good muscling, good IMF. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of people chasing high performance terminals, whereas I haven't at New Zealand anywhere near as much. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're almost to the end of season seven, and as usual, we'll have our final episode. Will be uh, one where we we answer questions from our listeners. What are the what are they, how do people get involved in that? How do we get questions? How, how do they get a question answered? So any social media platform we're on, um, the hub is our platform. They can come there and ask questions. Um, we'll put up a question box on Instagram and we'll put up something on Twitter. But if you want to email me, if it's something longer that you can't fit on the um, sophie at extranagri.com um, or even Mark. Um, we love getting the questions. I think it's really one of the most, like it's probably one of my favourite podcasts every season is the question and answer. Just hearing the questions that come out of listeners, um, the ones you don't think of, but you want to know the answers of, 
too. So yeah, so send all of your questions in. We'd really yeah love to to get Mark to answer them. Yeah, I think for me as well. Although I pretty much enjoy all the interviews, but uh, yeah, that that one particularly is always good because you got to actually often I'm off having to research something that I haven't thought about before or I don't yeah. know the, the answer to. So which is always good. Yeah. Into into a bit of uh, into a bit of reading and a bit of researching, which is which is good. So yeah, no, looking forward to that one and looking forward to getting underway with season eight. We've got lots of guests that we've sort of uh, had lined up and. For various reasons, always, um, always hard to get get the recordings lined up. And, and uh, but yeah, there's some pretty pretty cool people coming on, and we'll obviously you're keen to hear anyone that people want to hear from. We're happy to happy to take requests. Yeah, really would love if someone could send me messages of, or you know an email of people that they want to hear from. We we want to give you what you want to hear. So yeah, just let us know. And I think we're coming up to our hundredth episode in the next month or so. So that'd be really cool. Um, yeah, we'll try and do something special for that. Yeah, no, it's uh, we're getting there. It's actually seems mind blowing that we've done that many now, but yeah. Um, yeah. But it is, yeah. I think we, yeah, we love the feedback. It's been it was great cruising around the sheep show and talking to a few people that, that listen in, and uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's always always awesome to hear from listeners. So it'd be good to get some some questions in. But yeah, we'll. Uh, we might leave it there, Sophie. Thanks very much for for coming along, and uh, yeah, thanks. Awesome effort for for continuing to to edit the podcast, get it out every week, and and make sure it gets gets to people, which clearly I wouldn't organise on my own. So yeah, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic to have you on on and and get that done. But yeah, we'll uh, let you get on with get on with your evening, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Mark. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Head Shepherd Podcast. If you enjoy listening in each week, please take a moment to subscribe or even give us a review. That would be fantastic. And if you do get a moment to share it with your networks, we'd also love that so that we can share these great stories with more people. Thanks again to our friends at Allflex for sponsoring this episode. Allflex are wonderful supporters of the Australian and New Zealand livestock industries. Combined now with MSD Animal Health, they offer one of New Zealand and Australia's largest livestock product portfolios focused on animal health and management all backed up by that exceptional service. We really do enjoy our long-term association with Orflex and thank them very much for, for again supporting us with bringing this podcast to you.